You're listening to Dog Friendly KW Podcast with your hosts, Mackenzie and Justine on Midtown Radio KW. Today, we are going to talk about struggles and challenges with our dogs and how to embrace the journey and move forward with your pup. The tide is coming in. I'm walking sleepless, pushing through the storm You're listening to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast with myself, Justine, and my co-host, Mackenzie. Today, we're going to be talking about struggles you might encounter with your pup. And I mean, Mackenzie, I think this is something every dog owner experiences, don't you? Definitely. Yeah, this is a common thing, whether we want to admit it to ourselves or not. (laughs) But this is definitely a common thing that um, I think every dog owner, I'm sure there's some perfect pups out there, but every dog owner I feel has something, you know, that needs work. Absolutely. Well, let's do it. We're talking today about three ways to embrace the struggle. And Justine and I have kind of uh, broke it down into three different things that we've found cause our struggles. And then later in the podcast, we're going to dive deeper into some of the issues we've had with our dogs, just to give you um, an idea of what you know, a real life experience might look like. So Ken's, why don't you tell us about the first way to embrace the struggle with your pup? So the first one we decided on is don't let social media get you down. So what we mean by this is we're all victims of social media. Obviously, we run an Instagram, Dog Friendly KW. Um, But what I mean by this is when it comes to things like goals for your dog or, you know, you see these perfectly trained dogs on the internet, like I'm a sucker for that. Um, But you just see these perfectly trained dogs and you're like, oh man, I I want my dog to do that. Um, Maybe your dog just isn't there yet. Maybe you're like, you're striving to be something. Um, But if you see it enough, you're like, oh, I want to do that. So it can either be like something that brings you down or something that really motivates you. And um, I think that, You never see the full picture with these um, dogs on social media. So, um, you know, who knows how many times the dog has messed up before completing this beautiful trick um, or something like that. So that's what we mean by that. It's every dog is in a journey. Some are closer to the end of their journey than others. But if you see a dog on social media that is like flying through burning hoops to fire <laughs> and you're like, wow, that's the, that's the greatest thing I've ever seen. That didn't happen overnight. Yeah. And I mean, you make a good point, Ken, when you say that like, you're, you're never going to see the full picture. And I think like we talked about this, um, yesterday when I, so I mentioned that I went on a hike, um, to the hydro cut yesterday with Marshall And he was so extra the whole time we were out for over an hour and he was pulling and like 
just not walking loose leash at all, making it really challenging. I'm walking on uneven snow. It's slippery. And at the end, we like took a couple of pictures of our hike and we got this like one really cute picture. So like inevitably I posted on Instagram and it's like literally the perfect picture. We're both like kneeling side by side and Marshall looks like a sweet baby angel. And you know, what everybody didn't see was that before that picture, I spent an hour correcting my dog on leash because he was being a tyrant. So even if you see a super perfect smiling picture of somebody with their dog or, you know, a big accomplishment, there's probably a lot of in-between work that you didn't see to get there. So keep that for that picture because he was really tired from fighting me for an hour. Definitely. (laughs) So keep that in mind and just don't let social media get you down because it really can. Definitely. What's number two, Justine? So number two, this is a really important one. So um, I think it's really important to do some self-reflection and self-evaluation when you're having issues with your dog. So asking yourself questions like, you know, how am I contributing to the issues my dog is having? Um, How can I better my relationship with my dog? Um, Because odds are, and this is, I think, a tough thing for a lot of dog owners to hear, I think most of the time it's not the dog's fault, right? We are, as the owner, have done something to, you know, confuse them or miscommunicate or we haven't set clear boundaries or rules or expectations. Um, So really, really looking internally to say, yourself, you know, what can I do better? What did I do wrong in that situation? Um, and try to improve yourself for your pup, because that's going to improve your relationship and in turn is going to improve any struggle you're having with your dog. Definitely. Yeah. I think this one is, um, really important for all dog owners and it's, it's tough to, you know, think about these things sometimes, but when it comes down to it, it's to better you and your dog's relationship. So it's got to be done. Um, I do it all the time, sometimes too, too much. I beat myself up saying, oh, I could have done this or should have done that or, or what have you. But it is what it is. And um, as long as you continuously, you know, learn from that, then then you should be on the right track. Yeah. And I mean, you're human. You're going to make mistakes. Like you think about your relationship with, you know, a best friend or your parents or a spouse or a partner. Um, You're never going to be the perfect daughter, son, mother, father, partner, friend. You're going to make mistakes. And, you know, improving on those things and owning your mistakes makes that relationship better, helps that relationship grow. And it's the exact same with your dog. Definitely. Yeah. This is a really good segue into our third point. Actually, our third point is don't be ashamed to get help. So mm-hmm. you're human. Like Justine said, be gentle on yourself. If you, if you've tried everything and, and nothing is working, get some, get some help. Um, whether that be reach out on, you know, maybe a local dog group yeah. or, better yet, you know, get a trainer. Um, just be honest with yourself. Maybe it's a new tool that you bring in. So um, Justine uses a gentle leader. Uh, a slip lead. Slip lead, my bad. Similar, different. 
We use a martingale. Again, that's another another tool. Um, we, we've decided to use these tools to better our dogs um, and have more control over our dogs, really. But it's to, and to better, better communicate. Mm-hmm, yes, yeah. communicate. Yep. Yeah. So well, what we're just trying to say with this last point is just don't be ashamed to get help. Nobody's going to look down on you for, for seeking help from a professional trainer. Um, that's really it. Justine and I, we talk about uh, her training sessions with Marshall all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually, yeah, going to be uh, thinking about getting, well, I am getting training uh, with my dogs eventually as well. Um, so it's just something that we've just said, you know what, like we tried everything. Let's, let's reach our arms out and, you know, try and get some help. Yep. And I mean, this can happen at any point in a dog's life, right? It might be when they're a puppy. It might be when they're going through their terrible twos. Maybe it's when they're, you know, in their teenage years. My dog is four and she's suffering from some sort of food thing. (laughs) So, (laughs) so right in it. Yeah. Like it can be a result of like you added a new dog to the household. You added a kid to the household. Like there's so many variables and you never know when you might need to lean on professional help or, you know, introduce new tools and resources. And there is nothing wrong with that. So, you know, if you're having challenges with your dog, just own it, be honest with yourself and find a way to move forward. And definitely. Well, I think, uh, I think it's time to listen to a song. Yes. Let's listen to a song. What do you have for us, Mackenzie? I've got uh, some Greta Van Fleet. I love these guys. Um, they're from Frankenmuth, Michigan. I visited there a few times. <laughs> this is the second episode you brought up Frankenmuth. I love Frankenmuth. It's a, <laughs> a Christmas town. Um, but this song, this song is called You're the One by Greta Van Fleet. Uh, enjoy. Oh, I'm 
Welcome back to the Dog Friendly KW podcast with Justine and Mackenzie. You were just listening to You're the One by Greta Van Fleet, who's from Frankenmuth, Mackenzie's favorite place in the world, apparently. I love Frankenmuth. <laughs> so if you haven't gone, go. It is a beautiful little town. You'll thank me. I feel like I'll be really underwhelmed. <laughs> All right, so we're going to do our Celebrity Pop of the Week. <laughs> woof, woof. I regret doing that already. Okay, um, Mackenzie, what is Celebrity Pop of the Week? Why don't you tell us what it is? So every week we are uh, choosing a local pup. Um, so from Kitchener-Waterloo, Cambridge, well, mostly Kitchener-Waterloo. And we are going to um, make them a celebrity for the week. So we will shout them out. Uh, tag us or um, tag us or DM us your photos so we can share your photo or your your Instagram. This week we have Supernova the Westie. So that's at Supernova the Westie. Um, her name is Nova. She's a little West Highland Terrier or Westie. She's 11 months old and Oh, cute. He tagged us in the cutest photo in Victoria Park. It was all snowy and there were some beautiful lights and she just looked so perfect. The clock tower behind her. It was like very quintessential downtown Kitchener. Perfect. Yeah. So congratulations, Supernova the Westie. You are the cutest pup, celebrity pup of this week. you'd like your pup to be the celebrity pup of the week tag us on instagram at dog friendly kw celebrity pup of the week woof. Woof, woof. dog friendly kw on Midtown Radio KW. Welcome back to Dog Friendly KW Podcasts with myself, Mackenzie Drinkwater, and Justine Sparling. Today we are talking about embracing the struggle. So we're talking about things that we ourselves have experienced with our pups, and mostly we're just talking about no dog is perfect, and as much as we would love to think that our dogs are perfect, sometimes they're not. They're definitely not. And that's okay. <laughs> so, Kenz, I think you were going to talk first about some of the issues you've had with your pup, Aladar. So why don't you tell us a little bit about some of her challenges and how you've, you know, started to For overcome sure. them. So Aladar is my little three-year-old Italian greyhound, and her main issue is fear slash anxiety. So what I mean by that is um, she is a nervous Nelly. <laughs> she is quite literally afraid of most new things. And that is something that I knew getting the breed I got, 
was typical. However, it's funny because her sister Willa is the most uh, confident dog. Like you could literally shoot a firework beside her and she'd be like, meh, whatever. <laughs> Whereas Aladar is like, oh my gosh, a car drove by. It's the end of the world. At home, she's an she's perfect. She's sleep. She's, you know, very chill in the home. As soon as we remove her from her comfort zone, that's when stuff happens. So she's very reactive to noise. Um, she actually has begun in the last year to be reactive to dogs. We, um, we have talked with uh, Lily Romeo from Leader of the Pack, and we're going to be getting her help due to this because she's a small dog and being dog reactive is not the best thing in the world. Mm -hmm. So we have learned that Aladar has a fight response and then right away a flight response. So she'll be really tough and she'll start barking and lunging at a dog. And then as soon as that she realizes the other dog is noticing her and coming towards her, then she's out of there. She is gone. So that is something that's not really healthy and I've recognized that. I want her to be happy. And um, yeah, what what I've started to do um, while I wait um, to get into training is to not encourage the fear-based behavior. So I'm like, so I never, ever do this. I'm not like, it's okay, honey. You're all right. No. Which is a natural instinct that we want to do when our dogs are stressed, right? So it's good to recognize that. Definitely. And of course, that's the first thing I wanted to do. But then as soon as I realized that I was actually feeding the behavior, I'm like, I hate the tough love stuff, but like she's a sweet, delicate little dog. But mm -hmm. like, I don't want a nervous Nelly dog. I know I'll always have a nervous Nelly dog, <laughs> but I would like a confident nervous Nelly dog. Okay. Well, once you uh, once you go to training, you'll have to give us a bit of a recap on like how things are going in like six months. You have to give us a bit of an update of all of the progress she's made. I could go on and on, but. That's enough about Aladar. Um, Justine, Marshall, tell me what's going on with Mr. Marsh. <laughs> Marshall. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I've shared, if you guys have listened to previous podcast episodes, I have an eight month old um, rescue from Northern Manitoba. He's gotten quite large. He's probably pushing 70 pounds at this point. Um, one of the issues we saw with Marshall really early on um, were guarding behaviors. So this came up like when he was like 12 weeks old. We started seeing behaviors around guarding. Um, so we were actively working with a trainer um, and consulted her for support. Um, but they continued to escalate as he entered his what they call the terrible twos, the seven to 10 month window. Um, and one of the ways that we worked through this was setting a lot more boundaries in the house. So as he got a bit older, we started to get a little bit more lax. So things like letting him on the couch, letting him on the bed, maybe letting him have like a Kong with peanut butter on his bed. Um, and we had to implement a lot more structure and a lot more rules. So not being allowed on the couch, not being allowed on the bed, only eating in his crate. He literally didn't eat anywhere else. Um, you know, he waits longer for meal times. He has to be calm before you give him his food. 
But the biggest learning I've had with his gardening behaviors is that prevention is key. Like a lot of the stuff you read online about gardening is like, oh, well, you got to take that food away from your dog. Like you need to show them you're the boss and um, you should be able to take a bowl of food away from your dog. And it's like, why would I have, why do I need to do that? So the prevention piece is we now put him in his crate for all feedings. So he doesn't have the opportunity to guard. He's in his crate. He's somewhere safe. I'm not going to take something away from him. Um, and we haven't had an incident in a really, really, really long time. And the one incident we had, he was eating a snuffle mat, like sniffing in a snuffle mat. And I went to like shake the mat out for him, but I came from behind him and I guess I startled him and he tried to bite me. And this is like what we talk about when we do that, like self-reflection piece, I had to like really take an assessment of that situation to say, you know, what could I have done better? Like perhaps not coming up from him behind when he was like really intensely eating something and what appeared to him to be taking it away was like a bad move on my part. Um, And after that is when we moved to exclusively eating in the crate so we could avoid that. That's the thing though, Justine, you, sometimes you just don't think you don't, oh, I didn't think at all. I was like, I'm just going to shake this out for him because he's stuck. Exactly. Like, I, I'm i sure there are many of us that would have done the same, especially, like, considering this is the first time that he had and last time that he had done that. Um, but, yeah, that's all a huge learning opportunity for you to be thinking about, okay, yeah, this is what I did. This is what caused it. Yeah. And yeah. Not- so for us, it's been prevention has been the number one thing, not giving him the opportunity to practice that behavior. Right. Cause the more he practices, the more he's going to learn that, you know, he can do it. So we just don't give him the opportunity to, and it's been, I think a couple months since he's had a guarding incident. So preventing it seems to be working and I don't need him to be able to eat wherever he can eat in this crate. Perfect. So why don't you give us a quick update about Willa? I know she was having some food stuff. So why don't you talk quickly about um, her food issues and some of the things you've done to work on that? For sure. So really similar to Marshall, actually. Um, Willa was – so I train Willa a lot. We train um, agility and tricks, and we do that – quite a bit of that at home. She gets really excited around food. So she knows a treat's coming. She like stares at me like uh, she'll stare like a hole through my skull. Like that's how badly she wants this food. Um, And what I noticed if Aladar is around while we are in a really like long, I say long, like five minutes is long for us for a training session. But if we're in a longer training session, she'll... Willow will actually not lash out. That sounds really aggressive, but Willow will get so excited about the food that she'll think Aladar is coming to take the food and she'll, she'll just tell Aladar off. Aladar did nothing. She's just approaching me. I have a treat in my hand, obviously. So this happened a few times and I noticed it right away. At first, I thought it was just a one-off because at this point, there are three and four. This only started six months ago or so. And mm-hmm. I said to myself, what did I do wrong again? I'm like, what did I do? Because they've yeah. never done that before. I then, I was just like, in my head, I'm like, you know what? It's just a one-off thing. It's just a one-off thing. So nothing happened for like three months later and then it happened again and then it happened again. And I'm like, okay, something is wrong. So 
what I did was I kind similar to what Justine did is I, I just removed the part of the problem. So unfortunately I removed Aladar from the room. <laughs> Sorry, but uh, I would, I would separate them. So what I would do is I would do Willa's time, Aladar's time. So I right. split prevention, prevention. So I'd split yeah. it up. That is a bandaid. And I know that. And again, this is another reason why I'm bringing in a trainer to help me. But I want to know, first of all, the food excitement I am just learning about because she, again, this only started six months ago, but I want a trainer to help me to avoid this long term. I don't want my dogs to fight over food, which is funny because they don't fight over dinner time, but they fight over high value treats. So high value. Yes. So um, what I'm getting at is this is a problem for me. Some people would say, oh, she's just excited. It's not a big deal. But to me, it's a big deal. I want a polite dog. Um, so I um, am getting help from a trainer to help me figure out what I'm doing wrong. Yeah. That's, that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. That's awesome. And I think like the examples we've given really do like just to kind of wrap up. Um, I think it really highlights like the importance for prevention. It also highlights that like behaviors can crop up at any age, right? You might think your dog is doing great and new things might pop up and that's totally okay. And introducing a trainer at any point in their life is awesome. So just some things to keep in mind. And now I think it's time for a song. So um, the next song we've got for you today is Quitting You by Arkells. Great song. Great song. I think about you all the time. I can't get you off my mind. They only knew who I've been talking to. You got a place off the park I'll come on by at the dark Cause nervous then When you let me in We were hanging at cross-town parties Oh, just killing time until the main event And it Welcome back to Dog Friendly KW Podcast. Um, you just listened to Quitting You by Arkells, Justine's choice of song this week. My my choice of song and a very intentional choice of song because I'm a cheese ball and we have been talking a lot about not giving up on your dog and when they're having challenges. So it seemed like a fitting song to, you know, encourage you to stick with it 
Exactly. Yeah. Always have that mindset for continuous improvement. Um, that's something that we both learned from the Honest to Dog podcast. Oh, such a good podcast. Excellent. Yeah, that is put on by the the um, folks. Dog Hoss. Dog Hoss. Yeah. Um, such a great podcast if you're interested in other dog-related uh, content. Guess we're getting ready to wrap up. So if you have overcome a struggle with your dog, um, we would love to hear about it. So if you're willing to share your story on Instagram and tag us at dogfriendlykw, um, we would absolutely love to hear your stories um, and maybe we'll share them on a, a future podcast. Yeah, definitely. We won't name and shame. That's not what this is about. We just would love to hear other people's um, experiences. It's just to create this little dog-friendly KW community. So please share. Thanks for tuning in to episode four of the Dog Friendly KW podcast with Justine and Mackenzie. We will talk to you next week. <laughs> it's a great place. <laughs> These people are gonna be like Frankenmood. Like, why? I woke up restless, watching the time slip away.